Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of Beautiful Lives in which I'm joined by journalist and film buff George Driver to run through the beauty triumphs and themes of some of the films we consider to be essential festive viewing. Throughout the episode we enjoy a rather motley array of drinks and we would like to invite you slash in George's words heartily encourage you to pour yourself a drink with us whether it's wine or tea. It's been quite a year. Let's start with a big question. Is Christmas a dressed up makeup day for you or do you prefer to kick back and chill? It really depends on how I'm feeling. I normally do more of a, a Luke on Boxing Day because I wake up later. <laughs> um, but I do like, I like to do like something festive, probably something easy, probably some red lipstick on Christmas Day. And Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve, it depends. We're having a pretty low key Christmas Eve this this year, so I probably wouldn't bother with anything. And then Christmas Day, I'd probably smear some sort of glitter on me. But I normally there's like normally a bow or a ribbon or some sort of silly hair accessory going on. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's an opportunity to do something. To me, it doesn't mm. it doesn't have to be one thing. I mean, I'm pretty basic, so to me, it's a red lip. Yeah, and like definitely and, and glittery like, nails, glitter, velvet, yeah. maybe. Oh, yeah, definitely the textures. Silk. Yeah, exactly. I want to look a bit like someone from, and, and a lot of the films we're talking about are American films, and I want to look like someone from an American Christmas film. Like that kind of mm. big red lips, something sumptuous. And I, Christmas Eve with my family was always like a kind of big event because we're yeah. culturally Austrian, so it's a bigger event. Um, so we used to do like a party every Christmas nice. Eve, and that was a big deal. Big, shiny deal. Big deal. I would plan my outfits weeks in advance when I was like, even eight. I remember having this one black velvet, <laughs> genuinely, Low-key black velvet dress with red silk, like shoulder oh. bits and red silk trim. And that was my ultimate Christmas outfit. That sounds amazing. And even then I did my makeup. I did my sister's makeup, my mum's makeup, and I wanted it all to be Christmassy and perfect. So to me, it's a big time to enjoy yes. all of I that. Like, I like a comfy but yazzy outfit. Oh, comfort um, is key. Yes. It, there can't be a waistband, ideally. No. But I also think, looking through our uh, notes on our Christmas films, mm. a lot of these people do iconic Christmas looks really well. There's a mm. lot of cashmere. Big we know action. you love a cashmere, Maddie. <laughs> love Maddie cashmere. earlier showed me through a rail of clothes in her house <laughs> that was almost 60% just cashmere knits. I do like a good bit of knit mat. And really... I would like to always look like one of the McAllister parents in my <laughs> knitwear. Like that kind of sumptuous... There's quality there. American, lives in a yeah. house that has lights on the outside vibe. Yeah, the materials all have weight to them. There's yes. nothing flimsy going nothing on. Nothing flimsy. It's all heavy and you're cocooned. Mm, yes. I like being cocooned in clothes during the winter. <laughs> I do not want to expose anything. No. It's not a time for 
exposing. Let's go to Home Alone first in our Christmas well, we need We need our festive cheers first. Oh, a festive cheers. Okay, we are sitting here drinking out of coupés. Coupés. Cheers. 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 There you go. Chin, chin. You'll have a little work. bottle. Of it. Now <laughs> we can work. Right. Home Alone. Mm. The best Christmas film ever made. I'm going to controversially say I prefer Home Alone too. It is far better. I it, agree. Okay, you were basically the only person that's ever agreed with me on this. What Home did... Alone 2 is so amazing and I think more Christmassy. Oh, God, it's New York. York. Christmas I in know. New York. I have a question for you about McAllisters who we know embrace the Christmas theme. But their sure. bed is red cotton. Have you noticed that? <laughs> they have a four poster bed Mr. and right. Mr. McAllister who I love how do you know this off the top of your head because I, I look at their interiors quite a lot it's sort of what I'd like my vibe of my house to okay. be um, on a much much smaller budget but sure. they have the red cotton duvet cover okay and I wonder if they change it seasonally like is it yellow in the Easter and is it I, I would know? hope so because red in the summer is wrong. I would like to think the McAllister's bedsheet budget stretched to seasonal changes. Well, we know it does because Frank and Leslie are always going on. Frank. Love Frank and Leslie, yeah. by the way. But Frank and Leslie are always going on about what money they can get out of the McAllister's, right? Love that. It's like constant. Like, yeah. You know, are we going in this class and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they they have the house that is big enough to fit all of the extended McAllister family in to stay before they all fly somewhere for Christmas. So the McAllisters are the moneyed ones. Can we please talk about the mum, Catherine O'Hara, who has Ugh. now found fame for Shit's Creek? Oh my God, Moira Rose is my spirit animal. She was already an icon to me for being Mrs. McAllister. What's her first name? I know it's Peter McAllister. What's her name? God, I can't remember. Mum? Mum <laughs> McAllister. I don't know, that's awful. Okay, it? fine. So let's also, just... Also, I wouldn't have been able to say Pete McAllister was called Pete until you just off... Off air was like, can we talk about Pete McAllister's grooming? <laughs> we'll get to Pete and McAllister. Yes. We have thoughts about. I have thoughts about him. George told me he just looked neat. I can't say I've ever considered him. Okay, I have many a time. Let's um, talk about Mummy McAllister. Yes, hair. Oh, it's so good. It's like my dream auburn copper shade. Very close to George's hair. Yeah, one tries. Like the mum in Dirty Dancing. Yes, apparently me and the mums in the films that we talk about (laughs) just have the same hair and my mum as well. Um, It's so good. And we were saying in the first one, it's that sort of short kind of Mm. cropped, which I don't love as much. But in the second one, when we're a bit more deep into the 90s Mm. and it's that perfectly blown out bob. So good. Did you ever have that thing when you were younger where a character and someone you knew in life felt really synonymous where you knew yes. they were different people but you sort of thought they were the same no, person? No, she is sort of my mum. Okay, so to me she was yeah. my friend Cara's mum who looked sure. exactly the same grooming. <laughs> and she would also wear, she was always wearing those big gold earrings. You know, those mm, big big gold rings. I love that. Like auburn hair and an expensive looking coat dress The things. big coat is key because... Yeah. Although I don't necessarily know it, I assume that Mrs. McAllister works and that big coat... Do you think she works? I feel like the big coat says to me, she's a working woman. Actually, you're right, because I also think she has that thing with her children where she's like, I don't deal with you all the time. And also she forgets that her child is not there because she's so busy, (laughs) which to me says she's employed. But that big camel coat is very... um, my mum during the 90s but yes uh the hair is very good what do we think of her lipstick yes we decided in the first one it's all a bit coral isn't it and which i'm i'm not keen on i think just the second one for me yeah maddie's urging me to sip so i'm sorry i'm trying to top up george's drink but we have Mm. a different bottle for drink number two one shan't mix yes um 
yes, in the second one, again, why it's better for many reasons. Yeah. Um, she's got the blown out bob and she's got that more sort of 90s, like nut, like nutmeg sort of rusty toned lip, which yeah. again is something I wear a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> she is basically your person. She's like current Catherine O'Hara is the best. Home Alone Catherine O'Hara is the best. I love Catherine yeah. O'Hara. Okay, now I just very quickly just want to say Ooh. about Peter. Do you like it? It has a real peachy scent. It is peachy. If yeah. you don't like it, we can change it to something no, else. No, sh- I mean, I'm sure I will. Mm. I'm not fussy. Peter McAllister. Yes. Now, the reason I first thought of him as someone to discuss right. was his coat. Because he's hot. <laughs> he's not hot in a... Continuing like... Maddie's series of dads on screen. <laughs> dads on screen. <laughs> he's not hot in a, like, you know, you look at him and think, foie. But he has a sort of strength about him it's the american I see, dad I find in a him film the opposite. thing really like him getting very stressed about batteries i find him very faffy i find if if Catherine o'hara's character is pleasing because we assume she works because she has that air of i don't see my kids all the time yes peter McAllister has the air of a dad that never sees his kids because he's never around and is the opposite where i find him very not pleasing because of that Okay, so I think of Peter McAllister as being someone who's like the quintessential, like, gets up in the morning and walks out in the snow with his big ja- jacket huddled around him. And he's like a graft and then he comes home and maybe no on a Sunday way. he plays basketball with the kids or netball. Sorry, netball. you just put basketball on Peter McAllister. That man is a golfer through and through. Oh, he is a golfer. Yeah. Okay, no, you're right. But he plays golf with his kid, Buzz. No, Peter McAllister plays golf with his workmates mm. on a Sunday and the kids stay at home. You know you can now um, go to the Home Alone house and mm. Buzz, the actor, will show you around. No. Yeah, that's right. I can't tell if that's amazing or sad. I know, both yeah. simultaneously, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Peter McAllister's coats are very good. Camel coats, there's a Burberry jacket in the second one. To mm. me, he looks like someone who is the sort of person who goes into a shop and... And says, can you <laughs> let me finish this? Maddie's fine-tuned observation. Peter McAllister looks like the type of person that goes into shops. Uh, finish a sentence. Goes into a shop. I paused at the wrong point there. Goes into a shop and will say, oh, I need a whole new order. Can you just pick it out? That kind of person. Yes. Oh, that would be the dream. That, that is... is the dream. It's very Joshua and friends. Joshua. <laughs> Joshua. Joshua. <laughs> yeah. Joshua. Um, yes. And I suppose he has brushed his hair well. I will mm. give you that. And shaved his face well. Yes, we, we discussed why we should maybe not reward men for just shaving their chins well. It seems like a low bar. Okay. But but he did do it well. Moving swiftly on to Leslie and Frank. Mm. I showed George a picture of Leslie. And what did you say? She's the most depressing <laughs> person you've ever seen, George. <laughs> okay. On closer inspection, Leslie has a full face of makeup on. She's got her hair, like, blown out and done. Like, she is, you know, she's preened, she's put together. And somehow the overall effect (laughs) is that she's a mess. I think it's the perm. Because the perm is indistinct. It's not going nowhere. Why sort of all of the 80s look a bit undone. Yes, it's a bit messy. Yeah. Right? And unless you've done a really neat, precise makeup job and your wardrobe is just so, yeah. it can just look a bit messy. I think also with the like mad, ginormous glasses yes. and the sort of pink blue tones of the makeup, it's mm-hmm. all a bit manic. I try to convince George at this point that we should talk about the wet bandits or the sticky bandits, depending on which <laughs> film you're watching. Look. 
And um, George said, absolutely not. There's nothing to say about them. So there isn't really, but just just a nod to their brilliance. Just an acknowledgement of, of their role. Precisely. Yes. And I do massively enjoy them, particularly Marv. Yeah, Marv is obviously the best. Marv is fantastic. Although I do like Harry's fadja-wadja when he gets hit by anything. <laughs> I didn't know quite yes. what he's saying, but it's brilliant. Uh, and also finally on Home Alone, just a nod to Brenda Fricker, who plays the <laughs> pigeon lady, who George also said I wasn't allowed to bring up. No, I didn't. <laughs> I feel like every episode's going to be me. Like George is telling me off all the time, but it's good. It's good. George George keeps putting it tight. a fatwa. On I, your, I would sit here and chat about little things for ages. But no, I she just... is an Oscar winner. Oscar winning okay. actress who played Which, the bird lady. Congrats to her. I did yeah. suggest that maybe the pigeon lady wasn't the direct thing that came up when we discussed beauty looks and that is true that is true george is correct so (laughs) wet bandits and pigeon lady just to say we think they're epic well done well done you made the films but we don't have anything to say about you from a beauty perspective no quite if you're listening we've acknowledged you we've acknowledged you (laughs) let's do while you were sleeping wait we need a cheers between films cheers cheers while you were sleeping Mm. a beautiful 90s film and many beauty looks in here to discuss. I've never seen this film, mm-hmm. which I now need to watch, but Maddie told me about this, about the beauty looks. And, and I showed her clips. Yes. So George is versed in the um, looks, but not in the overall incredible beauty of the storyline. Sure. So, starting with Glynis Johns, who plays Elsie, who was also Mary Poppins, who was the mum uh, in Mary Poppins. Yes, mum in Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yes. Yeah. Um, I showed her to George. I showed her to George in a video, and George said, "Powder." Yes. Yes. Very powdery, very blush look. We love it. It's it's like a whole just pink concept. Yes. Very. It's almost yeah. soft focus. Yeah. It's almost soft focus in how she does it. And actually, I love that. I think the Queen has a bit of this. Mm. That powdery old woman softness. Mm. It doesn't not say that they're not tough as people but just that kind of soft skin thing and Very like yeah diffused and yeah sort of non-defined beauty it's very like wishy-washy um yes it's like carrying a filter with you at all times by like wearing yes. pearls and putting lots of powder on and like little soft hair and i just love looking at her so deeply i think she's just it's a kind joy. of dreamy yes you sort of don't focus your eyes and she looks like she'd smell like talc yes precisely palm of violets and she'd take you in and give you I mean there is a conversation about eggnog in the film and I feel mm. like she is an eggnog drinker she'd give you a hug and you'd be like I'm going in and I know yeah. that I will come out of this hug with a lot of her makeup on my face but I'm just going to do it anyway it's so hard to hug someone when you're wearing a lot of makeup and not get it on their clothes oh, though truly I find that really challenging the, the sort of neck crane yeah and the thing is it's like hard to look like you still want to do the hug when you're craning away, but really you just want to say, like, it's for your own good, you're wearing a white shirt. So I try you... to warn all men I'm close to and say to all of them, just so you know, when you hug someone who's wearing makeup, it is a challenge for them to not, <laughs> to not stain you. This is very uh, conscientious of you, Maddie. Yeah, I'm spreading the word. Yeah. And now to you listeners, mm. please pass it on because yes. uh, it is important. Sandra Bullock in this film, I think, is the epitome of Bobby Brown 90s beauty. Yes. Yes. I would say the bits that you showed me where she's sort of day-to-day makeup, very pared back, but, like, mm-hmm. skin is, like, incredible in it. Yeah. She's very 90s. She's very natural 90s, like, girl next door, 
that is really lovely and wearing yeah. her, you know, brown lip. And on the other hand, Ashley Bartlett Bacon, best name <laughs> ever for a character, is like the alternate version, which is like the intensely quaffed blonde hair that's oh, like hair. really, you know, hairsprayed. And it's solid. It's not going anywhere. And actually, yeah. I feel like Sandra Bullock is quite windswept for a yeah. lot of that film. She is, but also Sandra Bullock's epic jumpers thing that's going mm. on. There's a, like a lovely jumper in almost every scene or lovely jacket. And she just makes wearing piles of clothes as I like to during the winter, looking incredibly classy. She's literally wearing a scarf over her head. At one point, Like, she's wrapped it around her entire head. Where is she? In Chicago. I think it's Chicago. Did look breezy. Yeah, I think it's Chicago. So she would be very cold in December, in all fairness to her. Jack Callahan, who is the man that... Well, in fact, Peter Callahan and Jack Callahan both have extraordinary hair. All men in American films are called Peter. Peter McAllister, Peter Callahan. That's true. A good Peter. It's a good name. Yeah. Also, Solid. just a, a cal sort of sound. Callister, Callahan. It's got a strong Americanness about it. Which I revere. That's, I, I love oh, yes. strong, strong Americanness. Yes. That hair, that big blow dry mm. hair, I said to George, this was a really big thing in the 90s. It also makes me think of JFK Jr., who also had this mm. hair that looked like he'd taken to it with one of those round brushes and really gone through every section, which my dad won't be listening to this. Thank God my dad does. My dad. Still? Oh, yeah. My dad has a lion's mane of hair. I noticed it during lockdown because he couldn't go and cut his hair. Yeah. Uh, He's 83 and he grows more hair than anyone I've ever seen. And and, and at great speed. And when my dad grows hair, it's why I've got an absolute ton of hair. And when my dad grows hair, when my dad styles his hair, what he likes to do is hold the brush and he goes through every bit to get it standing up. That is amazing. It's incredible. So I remember the smell in my childhood of him blow drying his hair and the smell of hair burning a little bit. Because Does he use like, anything to fix it? No, he just no. blow dries it in place. Mm. So it's got that fuzzy quality sure. that JFK Jr's had. However, Peter and Jack Callahan Very smooth. Very, I think there's something We decided product-wise mousse in blow dried in possibly with mm. a round brush. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's like, it goes up before it comes down. And maybe there's a serum at the end? No, in the 90s. Not in the 90s, okay. No serum in the no, 90s. No, I don't think Quickly so. quashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I don't know. Apologies <laughs> to hairstyles out there that did use If anyone in the knows, 90s. though, it would be interesting. If you did hair in the 90s, I'd be really how, curious. Yeah, to the know. bangs. Yeah, like how you. Because men's hair in the 90s was a real thing to behold. It's like Hugh Grant's hair before he got it mm. cut off. And do you remember how big a deal it was when he got it cut off? It was all yeah. like floppy, floppy, like curtains, Notting Hill. And then suddenly about a boy, bam, he had modern hair. Yeah, I liked him that. Oh yeah, I liked him. <laughs> I liked him. Quite hot in that film, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Quite hot in all and films. also just a very, very good film. Yes. Really. Bad boy. Script very good. No prosecco, right? <laughs> what have we been drinking? Uh all sorts of things. I've got all these little bottles, so um, like this journey. I'm guessing, it's like you know like, um, <laughs> like a wine tasting thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. With no food whatsoever. I have So some this could end rather messily. George had toast, toast with Marmite. toast. In my Amazing. That one was alcohol free. Oh, really? No wonder it smelled so peachy. <laughs> I knew that was suspicious. We've been duped. <laughs> that's Damn. good because I, I didn't drink for absolutely ages and I only have the odd glass now, so that's actually better for me. Cheers. A proper cheers. A proper cheers. Mm. Love, okay. actually. Yes. Is this the Christmas film that people watch to feel Christmassy nowadays? I mm. think it is. Um, yeah. And our next one coming up, I think, are the two. The two big Christmas films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. But they're both modern, right? Yes. 
Um, can I start this by telling you that I went to the premiere and what happened at the premiere? You must simply start with telling us that, yes. I went to the premiere. I can't remember why. Someone gave me tickets. Anyway, went to the premiere with my friend Jenna. Mm. And it was really Christmassy, actually, because... Oh, actually. actually. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas, actually. <laughs> it was a very lovely premiere event. And we went along and um, we, you know, saw the people and this and that. And then Angus Dayton was like, are you two going to the after party? We were not going to the after party, but we really wanted to go to the after party. So we said, well, we might be. <laughs> Where exactly is it? And um, and then he said, well, you can come in the car with me if you want or something like that. And um, oh, no. yeah, and we didn't go in the car with him. But anyway, How that's old are you? Oh, 18. So, you know, right. we weren't children. Just legal. But, you know, it was... Uh, and but my, It wasn't great of him. <laughs> it wasn't great of him, but I did look quite grown up and my friend Jenna, who I brought with, was quite hot. You don't so. even look 18 now. No, but <laughs> I, I looked much older when I was younger. I don't believe that. Yeah, I did. All. Honestly, people always thought I was older because I always did my what? makeup in quite an old woman way. <laughs> that I can believe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come as a Victorian. I did. I, I went as a Victorian to many things. Also, right after film, I moved to Vienna, and um, all the posters were everywhere there, Mm. but the first actress named was Heike Makarach, who played uh, Alan Rickman's affair. Mia. Mia, the affair woman, Mm. because she was really famous in Austria. Mm. So those are my two, from my life, Love Actually stories. And I I also went to a, uh, live two years ago, I went to one of the ones where they have an orchestra in front of it, and they play the film. And right oh, at the cool. end, a man went up on stage and gave a speech and proposed to his girlfriend. And she uh, came down. I kind of That's the kind of thing I would love to see and would live in fear of having happening to me. I cannot think of anything worse. Honestly, personally. honestly, I would die. I would die. Yeah. I'd but, also be cringing as they were saying every word on stage because I'd be thinking... Also, I'd just be like, you don't know me at all and this is an inherent precisely. issue here. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my only personal thing from... Uh, love actually is that Kira Knightley suggests that Bonoffi Pie is bad, and I take that as a personal yeah. offence because it's my favourite pudding. With you, Bonoffi Pie is a fantastic pudding, yeah. and uh, particularly the one from Pizza Express in rugby. Only the Pizza Express in rugby. Well, that's where I <laughs> ate it the most. <laughs> Not that it's a nationwide chain. I haven't tried the other Bonoffi, so I'm <laughs> vouching for that one. Anyone who's listening in rugby, okay. lucky you. Right, Kira Knightley in it. Yeah, George. Well. I, well, I was meant to find out how old she is because she looks like an actual child, but she's obviously very beautiful in it because Kira Knightley. She's like nineteen or eighteen. Or yeah, something. it's young. It's young, yeah. Um, but her wedding look mm. is just—I think in the history of film bridal looks, which apparently is all I talk about these days, um, it is like quite a standout one. Like it doesn't look like anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, true. And she's got her hair up in this bun that's very noughties. It's very like wispy feathery pieces all over the place and to add to the overall effect she's got white feathers in it and then obviously the front tendrils very key and then she's wearing this kind of sheer feathery almost like i don't even know like tall kind of it's kind of wispy isn't it yeah very wispy um dress which again almost sort of like sandra bullock like very unexpectedly Mm. low-key but then like I mean the feathers aren't really um the thing I like about this one is that I think a lot of times that people get married they think classic like I'll go classic there is yeah. a bridal look and that is this is what yes. it is 
And what I like about seeing her in this film is it's quite refreshingly, it is youthful and it's of a time. Yes. So it's quite nice to see that. It feels like someone who's yeah. actually, I mean, twen- let's say her role was meant to be 20. A 20-year-old mm. in that era choosing a wedding dress they liked and yes. wearing it. Yeah. Also, I have no idea who it's by. We should find out. No. Um, and that crop top also when she drives off on the, you know, on the crop top in the video. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I mean, but also the, of a time, no one would wear a crop top like that. No. no. To go off on their honeymoon. But also, I've just thought her whole wedding look, obviously, it's like set near Christmas and she kind of looks like snow. Yes. Um, yes. But yes, so that. I also enjoy the flat cap she wears when she goes around to watch the video with a Banoffee pie. If you mean enjoy by I hate it, then I agree. I mean it gives me feelings. I'm not and sure also, that they're hatred, just feelings. We we can agree the worst line in any film ever, mm. Kira Knightley saying, I actually look quite pretty. I hate that line. Ugh. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's the least relatable thing that's ever been said in a film. Why is it and also it makes you dislike her? I don't understand why it's so yeah, deeply, but it really does. Because she's trying to be relatable by being insecure because mm-hmm. that's what women are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apart from it's the least relatable thing because she obviously is super pretty and looks like a supermodel and is, yeah. What do we think of her uh, super relatable muse house in Notting Hill? Yeah. <laughs> we decided it was it was fake film London. It's film London. Yeah. Marty McCutcheon. Body size. I mean, first off, she's a babe and just forever happy for Martine that she got that role. She is presented as a sort of like unassuming, slightly lowly, cockney, essentially fat girl in it Mm. and gets called plumpy and, you know, kind of the general vibe is you'd have to sort of give up if you wanted to date her. Like it's, you know, like well, right, I'll accept my lot and date Martine. Mm. Like, and actually, she's like a size 10 and very beautiful. And it just makes no sense. And yeah. we sort of discussed whether that was an issue of the film or kind of what they'd got wrong there. Yeah, part of me feels like the thing more is, say things like at the end when she jumps on him and stuff like that, that's not sort of the behaviour <laughs> you'd expect from you know, the right. partner of the Prime Minister, but I don't think it's anything to do with her size. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. like, there's definitely, like, the class issue that sort of ties into her, like, unattractiveness, air quotes, but yeah. also, like... Maybe inappropriateness, not unattractiveness, because it feels yes, like people she's think she's... she's not appropriate for the role. Exactly, because it's like people think she's right. attractive, but not... But it's an attractive First bracket. lady material. But it's, like, a caveat. is that what we call them in the I don't UK? know. It's like a bracketed sort of attractive brackets for your size mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of attractive. But that happens all the time if you're not. Even now, it happens all the time if you're skinny. So many journalists mm. and like amazing thinkers have written about this, saying there's that caveat that's added on the end is mm. so diminishing, so undermining, and so mm. frustrating. In this film, like Martine must be like a size 10 or something. Yeah. And she looks great regardless of what size she is. Mm. And they all focus on it. I mean, the fact that we're discussing it yeah. is because there's a, essentially a whole storyline yeah. about it. Um, oh, yeah, because which doesn't is Hugo, insane. Hugo, so her, she said her boyfriend said she got too fat or her thighs were enormous or something. And she had he broke up with her. Yes. And then he Hugo answered to his secretary. He says, Oh, yes. did she leave? And the secretary goes, um, the secretary says something like, 
oh, the plump one, or I don't know yeah. what the exact wording is. And he says, would, would we, we call, call her that? And she says, enormous thighs, or something like that, or enormous bum. Yes. And I was like, really? And That's actually, terrible. I mean, I guess kind of good that Hugh Grant's character is the only one that seems to question why anybody's saying this because he's like I feel like I'm going a bit mad like would we recall like but but then but then I think the narrative there which which I think is sad is he is not he is blinded by love so he doesn't see this thing that everyone else sees so I mean not to say that he's not a good guy and he clearly is an abundantly good man in it but also the brackets of he loves her despite her having exactly exactly it bothers me but I don't know what the answer is to this well, I think the thing is, like, it was just totally symptomatic of the time. Like, all of the media we watched was dictating what size meant you were beautiful and True. what size meant you weren't. And no wonder we've got, like, generations and generations of women feeling, like, excluded from what is air quotes beautiful. Yeah. Because if Martine McCunchen was air quotes fat mm. in Love Actually at a size 10, then that's what, like... 80% of women in the country or whatever that were not that who felt left out of that and therefore yeah. were not beautiful and we were saying about how at the same time Bridget Jones was happening and she's nine stone in it yeah. and the whole well, not the whole narrative aside from the love story a large part of the narrative of Bridget Jones is about her wanting to lose weight because then she'll find love and again I still think her relationship with both Hugh Grant and Colin Firth in that film is a bracket's despite her weight or despite not being appropriate. Oh, also yeah. interesting that both Bridget Jones and Martine McCutcheon's characters were kind of clumsy and silly and, and possibly uneducated or lower class because they're like a larger size, apart yeah. from not actually, but perceived to be a larger size. Therefore, well, I mean, they're objectively, sort of silly. They're, objectively, they're not skinny. They're It's slim, but it's not like, it's not like, let's say, um, that other woman who's in it, you know, Mia. Let's say she's right. On, yeah, but yeah. she's she's like a a waif. Exactly. She's yes. a supermodel. But that was she's what, not. But that was what was considered to be. If you hired air quotes an attractive woman to be in a film in two thousand and two. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's what they would look like, right? And if you hired Marty McCutcheon or or Renee Zellweger as Bridget Jones, there had to be a comment around it because there would have to be an explanation. Well, I mean, the fact that Brid- Renee Zellweger had to put on a lot of weight mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. a nine-stone woman mm-hmm. is not ideal. I remember all the fuss around that, do you? Yeah. It was terrible. It was like she had to eat five miles bars or whatever it was, like all the tabloid stuff. Nine that nine stone. She put on weight. Crazy. Very I do like to think that. now that at least, well, maybe naively, there might be more range of women on screen but also at least if there isn't mm. maybe love actually if it was made now there wouldn't be a storyline that's simply about martine mccutcheon's weight yes like we wouldn't yes. write about it we wouldn't make it a notable thing we wouldn't make it a love story despite her being a curvy girl yeah. like, and it's not terribly i mean this love story that i find most interesting in this is emma thompson with uh alan rickman i think that that's a very very interesting very sad story and yes yes watching it is it's intriguing i think it's marty mccutcheon with hugh grant is so much more simple as them falling in love there doesn't need to be any of that there but can be they've obstacles. overcome the jeopardy of her being possibly a size <laughs> exactly. 12 Maddie, so. and it could just be they are falling in love and that's you know and that could be just a lovely thing to watch yes so i don't think they need to focus on that as it were um but could we go to her eyebrows and side fringe please yeah Extremely naughty. Extremely bad. There's a part of me at the time that loved that side fringe, that sort of Rachel from Friends final series side fringe that I was like, that's it's it. It's very different that's the hair I need. Friends, though. I know. 
Because it was a different hair colour. Black hair, it makes that quite severe. It is quite severe. Yeah. They also quite like a severe black hair colour in that film with Mia. Yes. The office lady. At the time it was very trendy though, I actually dyed my hair from white blonde, which I'd been dyeing it for like two years <laughs> at that point, to black over the bath. And then it went green black. When I went on holiday. Yeah, like, like I just bought not black dark hair brown. Dye. Well black. I bought I bought like the darkest hair colour you could buy from like L'Oreal. It was re- it was really good for like three days and really shiny and then it I got really I absolutely don't believe you. Black box dye you, you can pictures. always tell. Well, I looked a bit like um, Elvis or Priscilla Presley, but both oh, well, the, for you, the for dream. me, that was excellent. Yes. And I just kept thinking, Fine. right, I'm channeling Elvis now. And my, you know. Do you think Elvis dyed it. his hair? He did. He was blonde. What? Yeah. Sandy blonde. Like, why did he dye his hair? He wanted to look like uh, Tony Curtis. He thought it would give him more power on screen. I mean, Tony Curtis is amazing. Yeah, he loved Tony Curtis's hair, so he dyed his hair black. Wow. Yeah, famously, In my mind, it's literally just shoe polish. Yeah, well, famously in the um, 70s when he used to sweat on stage, uh, the, the hair dye would run down his face and give him eye infections. Oh, my God. Okay, that's too much commitment. Elvis was a blonde. Um, what do we think of Laura Linney and Carl? I think, oh, it's such a heartbreaking storyline, isn't it? I think it's absolute rubbish. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> Because I went heartbreaking, Maddie went rubbish. Because she could totally date Carl. Right. Yes, I. it's heartbreaking because I'm like, oh. I feel like it's frustrating because she could just date him. And he was so understanding. She could Carl. just answer the phone and then go and shag Carl. Yes. What What an absolute but waste of a I think the bigger storyline here is that she knows she would never be able to maintain a relationship with him and give him what he wants while she's caring for her brother. No, her brother's being looked... She's torn. Carl is a very understanding man. Carl <laughs> is honestly just the best looking man I think I've ever seen. Carl is also in Charlie's Angels too. And he plays that hot surfer. Carl is also in something recent that I saw. Does he still look good, Carl? He is lovely to look at. Sorry, to Carl is also him. in 300. He plays the giant gold man. Okay. Wait, I'm going to have to find him now because it's something recently and I was like, oh, it's Carl, but he's like slender now. But I think it's absolute like idiocy that she leaves Carl and Carl did seem to really like her and really understand her. Yeah, I think, I think also partly it is that she decides that she is not deserving of it. So she slightly self-sabotages her. Yes. Um, There were lots of tones, but I just, I'm angry. What do you think about, let's say in this, the opposite vein of the Hugh Grant Martina McCutcheon um, aesthetics, what do you think about Carl and Laura Linney? It's funny, isn't it? Because you definitely feel there's more of an imbalance there. Yeah. When the man is super, super, super hot. But I feel like that's such an issue that we're so ingrained to be weirded out by it's so women true. being with much hotter men. Let's say, arguably, you know, generically, people would agree maybe he is much hotter than her. Yeah. But we are so used to seeing standard-looking, often older men with outrageous-looking women. Yes. And that's always so much more comfortable for us to see. Well, because the traditional dynamic is, oh, well, he must have an impressive career in money Mm. and she must be sort of charming and beautiful and that must be how that works. And Mm. when it's a really good-looking man and and a woman who's not as good-looking as the man, you're trying to figure it out in some way. It's this awful sort of, like background thinking of like 
well, couldn't he do better than that? Well, it's another thing Which of is reducing so a woman's currency to the way she looks, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, and like, this is how, like, much, like, I feel like we are ingrained, affected by these sort of things, like, on screen or in life or whatever, because mm-hmm. we're all thinking it where they're like, I don't agree with thinking that, mm-hmm. but did the thought come into my head? Yes. But I've had times where I've been with really hot men, and I've mm. been very... It's terrible admission, but like therapy. But I have felt quite... I have <laughs> it's all felt, got very deep. We'll have to do a cheers in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But I have felt quite taken aback by it and quite I remember there was yeah. someone who's very very good looking once and we were kissing and I was like you look so good close up <laughs> well that's nice and I don't think I look as good close up and I it, it occurred to me a lot do you think everyone thinks about it like this or do you think we're just tuned into it because of our jobs I know I think it's like it's not a beauty thing I think it's a cultural thing right that like our generations like things like we're only just realising that Bridget Jones was nine stone. Yeah. And why did we all go through life thinking that she was what we didn't want to be? Yeah. Bridget Jones has her own flat in Borough Market. She works at a TV place as a producer, a TV place, classic, um, and is a size 10. I'm very glad we segued into Bridget Jones because mm. it wasn't on our list, but I do consider it to be a Christmas film. It is festive. Yeah. It's a great Especially one Especially number it. one is very festive. Back to love, actually. Oh, that's where we started. Yeah, we're going back to love, actually. Just quickly to say mm. that I think as a time capsule of appearances, very it's very strong. And if you look at the All I Want for Christmas woman with her glitter braids and her glitter and we say woman, child. Child, child. <laughs> Sorry. The non-alcoholic yes. Prosecco has got to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is very of that time, uh, right? The centre parting, straight mm. hair with the silver braids down the front it's a different form of tendril yeah but it's definitely qualifying as a tendril and it never connects to the main body of hair no it must live on its own it must separately. be separate yes and then the sequin sort of flowy handkerchief style top i had one of those yeah i imagine I mine did. was turquoise with embroidered bits on it and it did not look good mine was paisley the holiday our final film for this da, 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 da. A cheers. Board. i can't believe okay. we wasted a cheers on non-alcoholic absolutely i feel like ripped off Oh, I feel delighted. I've managed to dodge feeling tipsy. This is where me and Maddie differ. Maddie's like, I've hacked my way through drinking <laughs> and I'm like, I feel stolen from. <laughs> Can I just first say that um, Annie Vischer at Grazia, mm. who is very lovely, uh, has, she was, I saw on her Instagram that she does a annual, like official first viewing of the holiday. Like, this is how seriously people take this film now as a Christmas essential. It is a Christmas canonical film. It's definitely Ooh, part of canonical. that. Canonical. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's really risen through the ranks. I agree. To be I essential. Agree. But um, Jude Law's hand, George? Yeah, I hadn't actually noticed this. And then Maddie showed me photos of Jude Law's hand in this. And it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, he looks amazing. And obviously not complaining about that, but for... I think he's best looking from... Graham, is he called it? Yes. Yes. Which is a name that does not work with the character at all. Yes, but he's meant to be humble and British. (laughs) And he looks bronzed and amazing. But you found out why this happened. I found out why, yeah. So there's there's lots on the internet. We were not accepting that this was just unknown to them. No, so basically the exterior shots were shot in England when he was pasty, as all British men are. And then they went to LA and took the shoot to LA and he had five weeks where he wasn't working because they were filming other 
scenes and then he basically sunbathed and then they called him in and he was tanned and that's where they did the interiors so when you see him outside with Cameron Diaz locking around he looks very white and then you see him in the cottage and he is super tanned I love that so much I love it I love that no one corrected it great why not no one will notice people did <laughs> yeah, like, people did but also <laughs> no one was like hey Jude hey Jude hey Jude hey Jude um could you maybe not sunbathe for the five weeks you're not working can you ask that of anyone in LA if you're paying them enough yes <laughs> I never forget reading um Kate Winslet's diaries where Titanic is a forthcoming episode so we'll cover I this never, more extensively during I that I never forget but, reading Kate Winslet's no because they were diaries. published in the lead up to Titanic and she said two things she was exercising frantically to get into the corset apparently and Ugh. also she said that she could she was sick of not being able to have a suntan because she hadn't been allowed to have one for years because she's in period films yeah takes the art more seriously well I think we knew that (laughs) yeah well but she's also in this film yes exactly doing fun like comedy Kate Winslet yeah I love see now Kate Winslet relatable Keira Knightley's relatable not relatable Mm-hmm. Not that Kate Winslet by any means is more relatable, but she acts it well. Yes. Um, yeah, I really love her in this film. And I feel like she is, they get this right with her. Oh, I actually, I love this quote about her acting like the best friend instead of the main character. Yes, yes, yes. But I feel like that sort of the Bridget Jones and Martine McCutcheon, she's sort of meant to be the next generation of yeah. them. It's like she hasn't found her power. But she has it and there's nothing wrong with it. And her. the other characters are all telling her, but you already have it. Exactly. Instead of all all of them going, yeah, I mean, I don't know why you think you have it. You're fat. Yeah. Like, or I don't know why you think you have it. You're stupid. I <laughs> also think her grooming is very realistic here because she's obviously very polished and mm. like someone who, you know, goes and has her hair highlighted twice a year or whatever. Yeah, but she's, she's, she's in London. She's yeah. in a job. She's paying for the hairdressers mm. and she's presenting herself as professional. Exactly. But she's not like wearing super exciting makeup right you know she's just sort no. of like polished um can i just say something that really bugs mm. me about this film and i really need to say it Master. so i was working at stylist one year and i'm a details nutcase right so um <laughs> so you never want to work with me if you're going to sort of say anything that i i can't fact check or anything like that because i love that and i was working at stylist and i'd written a feature it was for the christmas issue and someone else had written a feature about places you could visit or places that were Christmassy. Okay. And they gave me more than my pages to proof. You know when they give you, sometimes they give you something and it's like a bit longer than it's meant to be or something like that. Okay. They, I don't know why it happened. Well, it so like the whole happen. feature, just not the stuff you did. Yeah, they, they, they gave me like three pages instead of two or something like that, right? So okay. I just read the other page and I saw that the writer had written a roundup of places that were Christmassy and said, the Cotswolds, just like in the holiday, you will find a cottage here. And it's not the Cotswolds, it's Surrey. And I had this awful moment of being like, I'm only here as a, they've only called me in to do like some features for two weeks. I don't want to be a knobby know-it-all, but at the same time. <laughs> My new name for you, we'll get that with it on. At the same time, it is not correct. So in the end, I, I really, really wrung my hands over this for ages. And then I was like, I cannot in good conscience as a journalist let this go to press. What did you say? I just said, Oh, and by the way, I just happened to see that um, maybe the, the cottage um, was on second page is actually not in Cotswolds. And um, they were just like, oh, okay, we'll change it. And it wasn't a problem. But I, what looked like me making a really like little comment took me about three hours to gear up <laughs> to making. And I was really worried about it. But anyway, it does bother me. It's the same as when people get dates wrong for things that I know are correct. Like it's, 
I'm very mm. weird like that. Not about everything, because I'm not a know-it-all. I only know some things very well, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, Maddie earlier asked me what a silo was. Exactly, and... exactly. Yeah, but I didn't know necessarily what it was. I just knew how to use it in a sense. No, but I'm, I'm very happy to say the things I don't know. But when I know something, yes. I, I know it, and then I get upset if I, I can't say yeah, it. Yeah, but I know it. Exactly. How do we feel about the treatment of Jack Black in this? Because... In a way, he is, let's say, the Bridget Jones or the Martin McCutcheon of the film in that he is less but attractive. He's, but he's not because literally there is nothing in the storyline or script or character mentions about his appearance. Ex- but exactly, No but one talks about it. This is the difference between him being female and male in this film. Precisely. Is that no one questions why he would have been with Shannon Sossaman's character, who is a model, I believe, in it, or an actress. Mm-hmm. And there is no question, because he is a successful composer living in L.A., mm-hmm. there's literally no comment or mention of his weight or appearance, despite the fact that we might yeah. perceive Jack Black to not be traditionally yeah. rom- well, romantic. Well, he's less good-looking than Kate Winslet, isn't he? Well, so, yes, but yeah. also I think he had never been presented as a romantic lead before in a no. film. No. And I think it's good also for men to see normal-looking men in films. Like, I think it works both ways. I agree completely, but it's interesting that it's not mentioned. It's interesting that it's not a factor. I think the whole film is good for that not being a factor, but Mm. I think if he was, if this was Love Actually era, I still don't think it would be mentioned because he's a guy. Probably. No one talks about how Alan Rickman looks like a snake in (laughs) Love Alan Rickman, by the way. Um, (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, people find Alan Rickman really attractive, though. It's a sort of talk through teeth thing. It's very demanding. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, I do like that talk through teeth thing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit like people who fancy uh, mm. what's his name, the guy. Colin does a little bit too. Yeah, but also oh, Um, the one Anna Wintour's going out with. What's his name? You know, I don't he's know. in love. Actually, she's just frantically pointing a pen at me right now. I'd like <laughs> listeners to know that she's hitting and pointing me at me with a pen <laughs> to make me remember it. It's not working. Oh, you know, he's in. He's in love. Actually, he plays Billy Mac. Bill Knight. Yes, that's right. He also has that commanding thing. Mmm, it's sort of toxic, sort of cruel. Yeah, very evil or seductive. Yeah. Um, Bill Knight, I love him, and I love him in About Time. Yeah, me too. I saw him. I saw him in the Wolseley the other day. He only goes to three London restaurants. How the do you Wals- know this? Because I read an interview with him. Okay, the Wolseley, Fishers, Jay Shakey. I mean, all very. Maddie. I think he might also go to that. Um, what's that fish one outside? Oh, Scots, potentially. But he said he only goes to some restaurants and he will never deviate. Wow. I mean, I respect that. And I'm also like, it's not the way to experience new things, Bill. No. But Bill's had a life and maybe he's bored of just being. But also has that sort of charm. Well, he's with Anna Wintour. Yeah. No. Dating. How do we know? Uh, Well, I saw them together and then I was with someone who said, oh, everyone knows they've been dating for like eight months or something. Wow. Yeah. They were definitely on a date. That's a very. For sure. Slender couple. Oh, yeah. She came in. It was quite impressive. We recognised her from the back because Anna Winter and who has hair like that. What, in the was he? Yeah. He was with her? Yeah. And she went in You're where... leaving out very good details here, Alice. Uh, so they walk in together. Okay. She's wearing a leather, like, oh, you know, um, Alo Alo, the comedy? Yeah. You know, Hair Flick always wears that leather jacket. She looked like Hair Flick. Like, she was wearing, like, literally, like, a leather like a tight leather head-to-toe coat situation. Okay. That she then took off to reveal something underneath it. I can't quite remember I can't imagine her wearing anything other than 
either like a floor length column dress mm. or a top and skirt that did the same thing no she's wearing like a leather jacket like really like almost like a corseted leather jacket with like a skirt very cool all the way to the floor it was intense that's why we that's why it's it quite in the first place and he was wearing a very very fetching suit yes i assumed he would be yeah and jeremy king who owns who corbin and king who owns walsley mm. and all of that lot. Oh, yeah, I saw you at Zadel. Yeah, he went over okay. and um, sort of spoke to them and we were like, we were sort of watching like losers being like, God, this is a seat of power. It is a seat <laughs> of power. Yeah. So good. It was something to behold. So, I think Where we've covered we? the holiday. We haven't even talked about Cameron Diaz. Oh, well, then we have not covered the holiday. And her beautiful blonde bob of expensiveness. Yes, she looks very expensive throughout this whole film. I imagine her character in LA, the services mm. she's paying for are, like, strong. Intense. Like, she is getting, like, facials, her hair done, like, every three weeks. Yes. She's getting the blow dries. Probably some Reiki. Yes. Like... I imagine she's someone also who doesn't really see it as an indulgence, but, like, as a maintenance plan. She probably goes in and is like... It's business. I'm so stressed. Do my acupuncture. I need to get it sorted. She's like... It's in the diary. Her assistant has booked it in for her. Yeah. And it's just, like, a schedule. She's like, the nails have to be redone. Yeah. It's just, like... How do we feel about her running in the British countryside in heels? I salute her efforts. Um... And I would love to see some bloopers where she falls down. It terrifies me. There's what no do you way. Mean? I, I mean, I don't think it's possible or reasonable. No, no. I wonder how they shot it though. But I'm also like, my main thing is to start with, she's going to the airport in a pair of stilettos. Yes, very strange. I, I saw. I feel more scared about the idea of being in stilettos <laughs> on a plane than running through a field. Well, do you remember when you used to get off when when they used to give you the safety announcement of the plane? They used to say. Please remove high heels. They do. It's still on the cards. Mental. Yeah, there's, it's like in a little circle with a cross through it. Take them off. I saw a woman walking down New Bond Street up the fancy end with all the expensive shops yesterday wearing... Um, old Bond Street. New Bond... Is it old? Old, you're quite right. It's all right. one old long Bond road, Street. but the Old Bond Street end is old the Bond green Street half Old Bond Street is the fancy end. end. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I was down that end and there's a woman wearing heeled little mini boots that were open at the front. You know, there's ones that have like an open section so you can see the front of the foot. Oh. You know which type I mean? They're almost no. like a little like a little opening at the front so you can see the bones. Like what? a boot with a cutout down the front. Like a hole down the front. Like a peep toe boot. Yes. No, but, but just the toes, toes aren't out, just the foot. Wait, I'm confused what bit's out. Yeah, like the front of the look, it's like it comes down, it goes like this, this is naked here. Oh right, where the yeah? laces would be. Exactly, no laces, that's just nude foot. Right. Right. And she's I was wearing like, just those. some toes being like... <laughs> <laughs> right, I see. So it's the extension of the front of the leg. Yes. And she was wearing very, very high version of that with a sort of normal outfit and walking up and down shopping. And I thought that's just... That's one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, life. in complete contrast, but in a totally appropriate tooting way, I was walking next to a woman in very high um, heeled boots today and she was struggling so much that I almost wanted to offer her an arm. And I yeah. was like... No, you can't offer to touch strangers. There's nothing. <laughs> but worse. I, I walked past her in my flat, boring yeah. boots, and thought, I wonder if she's ever going to make it to the station without falling over. Oh God. You know what I used to do? I when I was eighteen, I went to a sale in London, and I got my hands on some hot pink Louboutins. And oh I, my God! Yeah, do you have them still? I do. I mean, they're completely battered because I wore them on so many nights out. But I used to go to London to walk around Soho because I liked being in Soho. I liked the vibe, and I wearing. Hot pink Louboutins. I respect that. I mean, I was committed to the look, but it was terrible. I want to finish this episode, if we okay. might, George, with Christmas icons. 
this is really where I immediately think George Michael, who has that Jack Callahan, Peter Callahan hair. <laughs> Pete McAllister. McAllister. All the McAllisters and Callahans and Callahads. Yeah. In Last Christmas, which I filmed in his... Saturday, where I have been and it's beautiful. His hair in it is like if you put Peter Callahan's hair on top of Jack Callahan's hair. Oh, yeah. Hair. There's a lot of hair and highlights. There's like three levels to it. Mm-hmm. What do we think of Mariah Carey as a Christmas icon? I do love her and she just did you see she did a video this year after Halloween where she kicks a load of pumpkins because she's like it's Christmas time now yeah I did see I like that she's sort of become self-aware of earning her royalties every year yes it's the same as Michael Bublé who famously everyone says you know gets wheeled out at Christmas (laughs) wheeled out here's Michael Bublé again in my mind he's in a wheelbarrow (laughs) come on Michael here he is, um, Michael Bublé, singing Christmas songs. But I do always like him. He always brings the traditional Christmas cheer. Yeah, he's a little croony for me. Yes. But, yes. Oh, no, musically, festive. I'm not into him. Right, but right, I'm into right. him. I'm into the fact that what he... What he represents. Yes, and that he subscribes to Christmas wholeheartedly. Sure. I think that's very sweet and very endearing. Yes. Yeah, and I think he's probably a yes. really nice person, so I'm happy that he's happy and rich. Sure, <laughs> and he's definitely very rich. And then we spoke about Miracle on... Yes, is it 34th, 34th Street? Okay. Not I the, honestly not the original. make up that street number every time. Not the original, the remake. The Matilda one. Yeah. So the woman, well, A, the man Actress in that. Actress name unknown. The man in that is another great example of that kind of 90s. Right, I'm finding him. Have a look, have a look. He's another 90s, Pete. he's a Peter McAllister, like just a bit younger. And the so woman just in man. that. <laughs> no, that kind of particular brand of 90s American man. Oh, he's this guy. Let me see. Yes, him. And he's just that 90s kind of American. And she's... Um, she's completely gorgeous. Wilma Flintstone. Yes, and I love her. Okay. Also another good redhead. Yes, look at that. Boom. I mean... Also just lots of furs and tartan. Yes. Velvet. I think we have decided through the course of this podcast that Christmas... The appearance of Christmas is definitely something red. Yeah. Something cashmere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something cocooning mm. and some glitter element yes I was going to say a, a little spark yeah mm. so I think that is going to be my governing rule for this Christmas period which means I'll be wearing a duvet with a cashmere duvet a cashmere duvet with a ribbon in my hair and some red lipstick and some red lipstick that actually sounds great to me sounds great to me <laughs> <laughs> do that it really sense. works for any event. Any event. <laughs> Something not can wear with anything on any occasion. Exactly. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for joining me and George today for the podcast. It's been a fabulous year with great guests. I'll be back with more Beautiful Lives next year. But until then, I wish you a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm